Give me one of those honk honks. Give me a vroom vroom. And give me a quack quack as well. Welcome on into another episode of Outdoor Adventures right here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 1035, and the free iHeartRadio app. I'm Stan Poggle, and the big head honcho, the big kahuna, the head cheese, the man in charge, the host of the show, and now a TV star, Chris Kudak, on the on the line as well. Good afternoon, Kudak. How are you doing, Stanley? Are you uh, staying out of trouble with uh, all your buddies from the Minnetonka area out there fishing uh, that uh, Minnetonka pond? We have been staying out of uh, trouble so far this year, but... I don't know. I, I was looking at one guy the other day, and I was thinking, man, you're going to get yourself in some trouble. We were out there, and I'm not saying there's not enough ice, but I'm just not one of those guys that has to be the first one out. And I was out the other day before we got the snow, and it was pretty much just glare ice out there. And so I had to tromp back to my truck to get my spikes because I couldn't get no traction pulling all my junk out there. And here comes a guy in an SUV, and he drives out to about you know maybe 50 yards from his fish house and he was only a couple hundred yards out anyway but i told him i said man oh man you're pretty gutsy coming out this far and and he seemed to think it was okay but i i don't know if i would have been trekking across there yet well you know you, you look up at malax here there and i posted some stuff here the other day uh jim stricka from over dial there he's pulling trucks and four-wheelers off the bottom of the lake and uh you know <laughs> now we got a foot of snow up here and uh, it's uh, you know, and I got people up fishing on the lake this weekend, and uh, the east side there, there's big fish houses, big trucks, tandem axles out there. Uh, you know what? You got to be careful because there's a lot of big cracks open. Check with them resort owners. Check with the bait stores. I mean, uh, uh, it's 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 treacherous. I mean, you can't see a lot of this stuff out there. Me and old Texas Phil, we were on Lake Stanley today. We we limited out on our fish a few times, and now we're we're, we're home at the at the shack and having uh, a Stanley. Well, I was going to say, sounds like maybe a New Year's Eve fish fry at the Kudak residence. I'll be there. Well, I don't think the the new bride will probably let you <laughs> out of the city. Oh, I highly doubt that. But we got a pretty good show lined up. Rob Dreesline going to be joining us from the Outdoor News publication. He's always a good source of information for us, Kudak, and lots of things in the news when it comes to outdoors and, and sports in that aspect. Uh, we've discussed a lot about the different limits on different air, bodies of water and whether we should just have a statewide limit of, let's say, three, four fish. Um, we've discussed that a lot in the past. Uh, also, uh, we've talked a lot about the CWD hunt and uh, the chronic wasting disease and what's going to happen there. And and Rob, he's a guy, he's been doing this for a long time, and, and he's got his pulse, finger on the pulse of that. So it should be some good information for uh, deer hunters, fishermen, outdoorsmen in general coming up here in about 10 minutes. Well, you know, Rob's been with the Outdoor Newspaper, very good friend of us. I mean, we've known Rob for a long time, uh, very knowledgeable gentleman in the outdoors and, and an outdoorsman himself. Has a tough time catching walleyes once in a while, but we'll let that slide because I've had him on a few launches. But it'll be interesting to see what uh, Rob thinks about the CWD down in southern Minnesota and, and, the, and the limits. I mean, every lake in the state's got a different slot limit where it's getting tough for these people to come up and, you know, catch fish because if you don't, have a one of them high tech phones that you can 
you know, pull up this lake and see what it's got or get a book or you'll call the DNR. I mean, it's, it's getting tough. And, you know, let's just get it where you've got two or three fish here or, or slot limits are all different on lakes. It's getting to be real tough to go fishing in the state. Well, and they talk all the time about getting new people involved in the outdoors, and I think that is kind of a little bit of a hurdle for folks that are looking to get into it because let's say they live up, way up by the border, let's say Lake of the Woods. Well, they have one specific slot limit and bag limit there, and then let's say you had a couple hours south to Red Lake. There's a different regulation on Red Lake. You had another hour or two uh, to the southeast, you hit Leech. You know, there's the different regulation on that lake. You head straight east to your place up on Mille Lacs. There's another regulation there, and then you come down to the metro area and hit Minnetonka, you have a totally different regulation. So there's this you know, four or five, you know, kind of the big lakes, the well-known lakes, the the lakes that maybe the newbies would go to because they're well-known lakes, and, and you have different regulations on all of them. I mean, it would be like speed limits being, you know, 55 in the cities, but they're 85 up north, and then they're 35 down in Rochester, and they're 55 over in Marshall. I mean, <laughs> it'd be tough to keep track of everything, you know, and that's kind of the way the outdoors has become is there's so many different rules and regulations that it, it's it's tough to follow if you don't pay attention. And we do this show every week, so we maybe pay a little more attention than the average Joe. But even doing that and, and reading all the news releases I get every week, it just seems like something's always changing. Well, here's here's an example for you. I was I was leaving Mille Lacs one day, and I was coming going east on Highway 18, which is 60 miles an hour. I come down this other road, and I was going south, and I was doing 60 because I thought it was still 60. Well, here was 55, and by golly, if I didn't pass a, a highway patrol, and I'm looking in my mirror, and I'm, you know, I see him swing around, and I'm thinking, well, I got a feeling he's coming after me. So I pull over on the side of the road. Gentleman walks up, and I says, yeah, I says, uh, did I do something wrong? Yeah, he said, you were speeding. I said, I was. I said, well, I just come off 18. I said, I'm only a couple miles off 18. And I said, I thought it was 60 miles an hour here. Oh, 55. I was probably doing 62 or whatever. Gentleman was nice enough to explain what was going on. He says, yeah, we got a stretch here. That, you know, it's this and that. Gave me a warning. Uh, Very nice. I patrol. I mean, very nice guy. And we had a good discussion. And he he goes, yeah. I says, well, I says, you know, I drove all the way from Black this way. I come this way, and he he says, yeah. He says, I, I do write a lot of tickets here, but you know, I I says, well, I, I actually thought it was sixty five miles an hour, but it wasn't. It was it was fifty five. Yeah. But he, the- you know, he gave me a warning. A nice guy, and I, oh, I'd never been on the road in my life over there, and, and it was, uh, you know, it's, but it's like everything in the state. You know, let's get it down to. If we're going to have 10 crappies, 10 sunnies, let's do it statewide. I mean, granted, there's trophy lakes up by Aiken, up by McGregor. You know what? I don't keep a lot of fish myself. I mean, I mean, I keep, you know, a few here, a few there. I mean, granted, there is a lot of people that come in and, and, and rape the lakes. But you know what? People got to remember that we got to keep this resource for our grandkids and our their grandkids and everybody else. You know what? Take what you need and, 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 and put the rest back. 
Yeah, well, that's a, that's a whole other argument, whether uh, it's a hoarder fisherman, and then there's others that, that don't ever keep anything, and I don't think that's probably the answer, too. I think there has to be some selective harvesting as far as that goes, but it would definitely make it easier, and maybe we'll bring this up with Rob Dreesline, uh, managing editor of the Outdoor News, coming up here in the next couple of segments here on Outdoor Adventures, but... The more confusing you make for somebody that is getting into it or trying to get involved in something, the harder you make it, the less likely they are going to try it. Well, sure. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and if you look at the northern deal, you can spear, you got to spear two small ones before you spear a big one. And I mean, it's, it's, it's so confusing for these people and they wonder why the lights are declining and, and this and that. And, Let's make it easier for the people in the state. I mean, let's. I mean, you you gotta you gotta make it where where you can keep a few fish or you know keep two fish, go home. I mean, keep two walleyes, and we'll actually go home. You 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 keep you know keep ten sunnies or ten crappies or whatever, go home. I mean, it's 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 where let's make it easy. Let's make it a deal. I mean, there's there's. Granted, there is some lakes around that small lakes that you know it's a trophy lake. You keep a couple, okay. How much pressure does that lake really get? Not a lot because nobody wants to go fishing there. Yeah, that's a debate uh, we could go on and on about. But we have plenty of things to chat with Rob Dreesline about. We'll chat about uh, possible elk up in northeastern Minnesota, maybe coming our way. Where we just had the hunts here in northwestern Minnesota, where they reestablished the elk population there. Now, I'm not sure if you heard Kudak, but they're talking about it in Northeast up by Duluth and that area, too. So we'll chat with him about that. Also, the spread of CWD and how to prevent that. Uh, it sounds like they maybe found some cases in North Carolina, North Dakota. We'll ask him about the national uh, funding bill for CWD that has been uh, mentioned in the news. And also uh, kind of social media and, and maybe the how that is... Uh, contributed to the decline of uh, outdoors and people sharing their stories and and, and fun uh, in the outdoors as well. So we'll get to all that and more. Rob Dreesline from the Outdoor News coming up next here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. This is Outdoor Adventures. Adventures rolls on. We got a special request from my friend Chris Kudak there. A little, little Nugent for you, Kudak. Yeah, you gotta have a little Nugent. All your women do the Wango Tango, don't they, Kudak? You betcha. All the way from Texas, all the way to North Minnesota, Northern Minnesota. Covering all uh, all the continents of the of the world, Chris Kuduk, legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer. I'm Stan Poggle. Thanks for checking in with Outdoor Adventures. Uh, well, it's time to get serious now because we have a pretty serious guy and guest when it comes to our next guest, Rob Dreesline of the Outdoor News, and uh, he's always a great source of information for us here, Kuduk. And uh, it's going to be no different today. Hopefully, we can get to it all. But first off, uh, I got to razz you a little bit. Uh, Heard the wife's been putting up with you for an awful long time, Rob, and I want to wish you a happy anniversary. Well, thank you. You know, I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, 
Um, it's, it's not our wedding anniversary. It was the 25th anniversary of us meeting down in Winona, the, the fateful night when I walked up to her and said, don't I know you from somewhere? <laughs> I can see that actually happening. It worked. I'll tell you what, guys, single guys out there, you never know. It, 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 might, it still works occasionally. It, do, it never works if you don't try, right? <laughs> Did she remember you, Rob? I, I beg your pardon? Did she remember you? Uh, no, I, actually, you know, I, I, I hoodwinked her. I kept, I kept guessing things where she may have been. And finally I said, where do you work? And she told me where she worked. And I said, oh, yeah, I go there all the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I pulled it off. She bought it. That, that is a great story. Uh, Rob Driesline from the Outdoor News joining us now. And I'm not sure exactly where you want to start, uh, Rob, but I know one thing you mentioned here off the air here shortly a minute ago was uh, commissioner search. What's going on there? You know, it's I, I – I guess I give the Walls administration credit. They've really kept this on the QT. Uh, usually, by this time, there's a fair number of names out there that uh, that people are kicking around. And, and truth be told, I haven't checked the news here in the past couple hours. I, I don't think he's he's named a new DNR commissioner. Uh, but um, I, you know, I'm hearing a lot of rumors. You know, early on, everyone thought Tom Landwehr maybe had a had a real solid shot. At, at holding the post, he's, he told me on the record that he would he would stay if offered the job, uh, and, and he still might. It seems like in the past week, though, I've heard some other names. I've heard uh, you know they interviewed a lot of people for the job. A lot of people applied. Uh, I've uh, you know one source told me that you know, there's some interest maybe appointing the first woman commissioner in the history of, uh, of the Minnesota DNR. Uh, there's some pretty solid uh, women assistant commissioners at the DNR right now. Perhaps one of them would be a likely candidate. So. I, you know, I don't want to throw names out there, but um, it, it's it's anybody's guess right now. I think Tom is probably still the front runner, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if Walls named somebody else. I mean, typically governors like to name their own people. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're from the same party or not. Sure, and I know we uh, chatted with him recently up at the uh, deer opener, and it sounded kind of like what you had mentioned that he would stay if if asked. And and I I always thought he was kind of. Uh, and I don't follow it as closely, but I thought he would maybe uh, stick around, but it sounds like uh, maybe not, huh? Yeah, well, who knows? Uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he interviewed for it. Again, I mean, his his uh, his right-hand man, Dave Shad, is, uh, the deputy, is retiring. Dave has made it very clear he's retiring. There was an email that went out about a retirement party for Dave here, I don't know, in a week to ten days. So, I mean, those two have been working together a long time. Um, you know, maybe without Dave... Uh, uh, being the operations guy, being the enforcer uh, around uh, the agency, uh, maybe it, it wouldn't appeal quite as much to Tom. But although he told me, you know, he knew Dave was retiring, he said he still wanted it. But um, we'll see, guys. So what about the what about the other? What do you know about the other positions? Uh, whether it's you know Cornicelli with the management uh, or you know the uh, fish and wildlife uh, management folks, uh, where is that going? Does that typically stay the same, or is it kind of similar? Where uh, a new governor, new people. You know, it, it generally those those level jobs stay the same, at least in the short term. Uh, it's it's the commissioner level jobs uh, and assistant commissioners that kind of serve at the pleasure of the governor, and so that's where you're going to see a lot of change and a lot of announcements in the in the next couple months. Now, then, as you get deeper into it. Uh, you know, it, it's certainly possible for, for the new DNR commissioner to say, you know what, I think I want a new uh, director of parks or director of, of minerals or something like that. And I'm, I'm just randomly picking uh, divisions with the, within the agency. 
But those those jobs like like Cornicelli, those those are those are protected. Those are civil service jobs. They don't uh, they're not appointed. Gotcha. Well, no, Rob, you know he's got his uh, his second in command there. The deputy. Does she have anything to do with the new appointed uh, commissioner for the yeah, DNR? Okay, I'll be honest, guys. I I don't even have some of these names down, but it's my understanding his, his lieutenant governor has been very active in the transition team. I think she's been you know leading the transition team. So I you know she's going to play a major role in in choosing you know who gets the job. Um, so I, I can't I can't I don't have any specific details for you, Chris, on the type of person she might want. But I, I guarantee you she's got the governor's ear, and that's pretty typical, I think, with any new governor, that that lieutenant plays a pretty big role in the transition. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting. Hopefully we get somebody in there. And, uh, you know, uh, the gentleman that's in there now, I, I believe he's doing a very good job. And uh, I, I hope hopefully he'll stick around. I mean, he's been there for a while, and he knows what's going on in the state. And, you know, I... I hope he's hope he's got something to say about it anyway. Yeah, I mean, they say there's no job in state government that can get a governor in more trouble than the DNR commissioner. So, you know, when you've got someone in there who's competent, who's done a good job, who hasn't gotten the previous governor in any trouble, uh, yeah, that, that would seem to give Tom a leg up because, uh, you know, Walls would be getting a known quantity. Like I say, at the same time I've been around, I think this is the fourth or fifth governor I've seen come in. They've all wanted their own people. Very interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. I'm guessing here in the next couple of weeks that'll be finalized. And we're chatting with Rob Dreesline from the Outdoor News. You can find all these stories and many more on the Outdoor News webpage, outdoornews.com. And another thing that caught my eye, I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, get into the nitty-gritty here, Rob, but I think it's a good thing, especially you know where I grew up. It's it's a little different story. We'll just put it that way. Than uh, growing up in the Twin Cities Metro, you know, where we uh, had shotguns and pistols and stuff in the back of the truck uh, in the school parking lots. And I read a story. It was out of Iowa where they are offering a firearm safety kind of training course uh, for I believe it's seventh and eighth graders, and then it's optional for ninth through twelfth graders. Now there is an opt out option if you're totally super paranoid like some people are which i don't get but uh i think it's a good thing to uh to teach this in a school yeah this is out of uh, what clarksville and north butler iowa uh we posted that on our facebook page and it got some of the most traffic of any posting we've ever had i tell you what it really got folks cranked up uh yeah yeah i don't know where to start here guys all three of my boys have had firearm safety Training. I think it's. I think it's important for just about everyone to understand firearms. There's so many people who just they're scared of them. They don't understand them. Um, I, I guess it's it's the it's the rub of making it required that's probably got a lot of people worked up. Um, do I feel like it should be required? Um, I, there's an opt-out option. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'm going to go on the record on that. I, I know. All my children are going to have firearm safety uh, in, in instruction. Uh, three of the four already do. I got a little girl; she's going to get it too. But uh, it, it certainly got people worked up, uh, you know, this news story here the past couple of weeks. Well, I'll tell you what. My I took it back when I was uh, very young. My grandkids are are, are all going to take it. I I talked to their parents, and you know, I believe that uh, you know what. 
it, it should be optional if you want to take it, you take it, and and it, 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 it's a good thing for him to go through that. You know, I, one thing I would say is I, I have no problem with them offering it at the school. Uh, anybody, any parent who's tried to sign up a kid for firearm safety, uh, it's it's a challenge sometimes figuring out between all the other activities we got going on, and to have it, you know, available easily and accessible at a school. I think it's awesome. So I absolutely have no problem with it being offered at the school. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, you know, making it optional is is a, is a fine idea. Yeah, it's never good when something is mandatory. So I think what they're doing with that opt out option for those, uh, we'll just call them paranoid parents of guns out there. <laughs> we will, uh, we will, uh, get into that. But, uh, the firearms curriculum, I think it's a good thing. And if, it, if it's optional, I think that's, uh, kind of the best of both worlds. We got plenty of more stuff to talk with Rob Dreesline here, the outdoor news. Uh, sounds like we're going to have to get you fired up a little bit. We'll talk CWD, antler point restrictions, Rob, all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, hang on, folks. We'll have more uh, in the second half here on Outdoor Adventures. 651-989-5855. That's the phone number if you want to dial in. 651-989-5855. More Outdoor Adventures coming up. some heavy air guitar to that one here earlier in the week we're back second half of outdoor adventures rolls on chris kudak alongside me i'm stan poggle and don't forget you can listen anywhere in the world on the free iHeartRadio app make sure you download that free app and and kudak i was just kind of curious uh, i look at this every once in a while but i know you're not a computer nerd and i'm not either but i I was looking online. It, it, you can go and break down your listeners and, and where they're listening at and all this good stuff. Just a few of the not only United States we reach, but also a lot of folks in Canada listening. We have a few in Romania, Kudak, Australia, the U.K., India, Iraq, Japan, Kenya, Nepal, Singapore, South Africa. We're everywhere, Kudak. Well, and you know... We, we have to get a shout-out to your little fishing buddy because we missed her birthday last week, and I got a phone call this afternoon that Isaiah Tesh is back on Malax, and she's smoking her mom and dad fishing again. Well, that's no surprise. The little ones always uh, seem to have the lucky uh, stick in their hand. Well, that little girl, she, she called a little while ago and... Uh, they uh, moved to a little, little rock pile, and by golly, if uh, she's given mom and dad a lesson again. That's the way it usually goes. I'm sure that's the way it goes with your grandkids as well, Kudak. So uh, we'll move on here with Rob Dreesline from the Outdoor News and get into a hot topic. I know it's uh, high on your list, Rob, but let's chat a little bit about uh, the recent CWD hunt. Sounds like uh, they killed a lot of deer. Any uh, results from that yet? The uh, the last count I heard was it was about 30 deer are po- have tested positive down there. They're doing, I think it might be as we speak here, Stan, these bonus hunts, these extra hunts uh, down there. Uh, in the, This is in that uh, area 601, I think they're calling it. It's mostly Fillmore County around Preston and Lanesboro. The in my opinion, and I'm biased, the bigger the bigger news here recently was when they found a positive deer, CWD, positive deer 
in Houston County that's uh, due east of Fillmore County. Uh, and it was, as I wrote in my column, kind of a, a kick, uh, kick to the gut for me because that deer was found about a mile and a half south of my tree stand uh, on the Winona oh, County border. So, um, and you know that you know let's say Houston County, man, that's that's the heart of prime big buck hunting in in Minnesota, the heart of the driftless area. Uh, it's it's the area where we've had a lot of luck with APR, and it, it just really hurts to to have CWD found there now. And that was one of the things I was ask going to ask you about. Uh, for those that follow it, probably already knew this, but for those who don't, there have been uh, antler point restrictions in that area. I believe it is uh, what is it four points, and that was to kind of more breed that trophy deer. And from what I understand, if the CWD, uh, I don't want to use the word scare or uh, situation uh, continues. It sounds like that may go by the wayside, which for somebody like you that is looking for that trophy deer, it's uh, not good. Yeah, I mean, I've been a long-time advocate for antler point restrictions down there. I mean, 20 years ago was when I I, I started pushing it. Uh, we got it implemented in 2010, and it wouldn't have occurred without groups like Bluff and Whitetails uh, and, and some other individuals much more important than me. And, you know, there was about 50-50% support for it when it started. Well, now I bet, it, I bet it's 70-30 at worst. Uh, it, it's been a raging success. Uh, I was down there at CWD, you know, check station a couple years ago in, in Houston where they were just randomly checking gear for it. They, didn't, they weren't worried about it at that time. And, I mean, it was trailer after trailer. And that's, now, that's no hyperbole, guys. It was trailer after trailer coming in. With bucks, and I mean, everyone was thrilled about this APR. And I wrote a column about it two years ago. I was all smug and giddy about, look at what we've done. It's worked. This four points yeah. better rule on one side, and then you know, two weeks later, they found CWD uh, in Fillmore County and now Houston County. And and the issue, guys, is that it, it seems like bucks tend to be spreading this more on the fringes when they find deer new positives. They tend to be bucks, and it kind of makes sense, right? The bucks are the ones out there chasing does. They're breeding. They're eating a lot. They're running hard. They're running straight lines. Does tend to have more of a home range. So by definition, then, APR is not really compatible with CWD management. When you're trying to eliminate CWD, you probably shouldn't have a regulation that's encouraging more big bucks. I I understand the logic behind that, and it's something I'm probably just going to have to uh, accept. And, and is how many deer did they end up shooting down there, Bob? Did or Rob? Did you did you find out that somebody said it was like four hundred deer they shot for the the special hunts? Yeah, guys, I don't I don't know the exact number. I like I say, I thought the special hunts maybe were still underway. I've been waiting to find out if they're going to do another special hunt over in Houston County, and and if so, I probably would would be eligible for a tag on my dad's place. I don't know the exact numbers lately. Um, I would imagine over the weekend and next week's paper, we're gonna we're gonna have some results from that and see if uh, you know how many deer were killed during the special hunt and how many tested positive. Well, yeah, I know uh, they actually. I believe there's another hunt going on this weekend. It was one was last weekend and then another this right. weekend. But that was another thing I was going to ask you. Now this has been a big thing in Minnesota here for a few years. Now I just read today they had couple pos- possible uh, 
tests of CWD and some deer in North Carolina, also in North Dakota, which, of course, is right next door. We know Wisconsin's situation as well. And I know one of our uh, one of the senators had to introduce a national funding bill to help stop the spread in kind of uh, I guess interstate uh, transportation of of deers and hides and and carcasses and all that. Uh, what do you what do you know about that? And and is it something you think that would actually uh, gather some national funding, or do you think that it's maybe an issue that not enough people care about? Wow, a lot there, Stan. Yeah, I, I think at the end, I think there's a fair number of people who don't care, given that you know the hunters are a, a tiny minority in this country. You're talking about legislation. I think Amy Klobuchar has been pushing. Mm-hmm. Of course, that, all the legislation is dead now for the year with with the uh, you know with, with Congress ending. I would imagine that's something she's going to reintroduce quickly. It would strike me as something that should be bipartisan, right? I mean, we've got we've got Republicans and Democrats that should all see the CWD thing as bad and getting worse. We got CWD now in the bottom, you know, in, in uh, uh, the, the Grand Tetons. They found a mule deer there. Now, I don't know if you know about how the elk herd migrates through that entire Yellowstone corridor and then winters down in Jackson, but that means all those elk are going to be moving right past that potential positive country. Think about what that means for you know some of the greatest big game herds in the lower 48. This CWD thing is out of control. It's getting worse. Wisconsin, you know, they, they implemented, I guess, a let-it-burn policy over there. Now, go figure, they got a conflagration. Uh, Wisconsin's a disaster with this thing, it, it, and it's getting worse here. Uh, I, don't, I, I think it absolutely needs to be something the federal government gets involved with. What, what did Wisconsin do differently than Minnesota? I'm not aware of exactly uh, what their situation is, but it sounds like they have a lot more cases of it. Why is that, or, or how is that? Well, okay, so... In general, I guess. What, what, what they kind of did over there was they decided, you know, we're, we're going to kind of take our foot off the throat of, of really intense management and trying to, you know, eliminate a lot of deer on the landscape to prevent the spread. And so now go figure it's, it's an even more deer. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's defenses, it was pretty darn bad there. They had a bad infection when they originally found it. So I don't know if, if there's anything they could have done. Uh, the, the only defense we seem to have against this thing is to suppress deer populations and try to prevent it from, from spreading faster in the new areas. And, and do they really know what's causing the CWD, Rob? Do they, do, do, is it, you know, what, what is it, what, what's it coming from? Yeah, guys, you know, I, I see pieces now and then. In fact, I think one of my newspapers even, one, even printed a piece, you know, kind of questioning, do we really know what causes it? Every scientist that I know who's near this says it is a prion-based illness, which is related to mad cow, scrapies and sheep, kuru in, in the South Pacific. There, there are probably some others. By the way, the way, the, you know how, you know how kuru used to spread? Cannibalism. So don't engage in cannibalism and you don't spread kuru. <laughs> just, just a little. Good, good to know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to be helpful there, guys. But, uh, you know, I, I've seen some other reports suggesting, you know, is, is, is there some other vector in this thing? But a, a prion, guys, is a, is a, it's a free-ranging protein. It's sort of like a virus without the shell. And what, what happens is deer pick up this, this prion. It only, it only gets into cervidae. And this prion replicates in neural system tissue. And when it does that in the brain, it creates holes in the brain. When you have holes in your brain, you die. That's, that's the, the epidemiology as I understand it. But it does sound, you know, from the other side, from the, I guess, non-funding 
pearl funding side of the CWD uh, research and that it it is a very very minute number when it comes to the overall population is it not so so are we are we pumping something into you know we always hear about the one percent are we pumping a lot of resources into something that maybe in the grand scheme of things isn't as big of a deal as they're, they're making it out to be in some of the infected area guys in Wisconsin Pat Durkin great writer over in Wisconsin has done some writing about this. Some of, among some of the adult bucks aged two, three years and higher, it's my understanding the infection rate in the CWD endemic zone over there, which is substantial, which is multiple counties now, that the rate in, in bucks of that age is over 50%. Now, that, that's a lot of nice yeah. big deer dying, uh, and it, I think it's increasing based based on what I'm seeing. And so, what they got in Wisconsin, we don't want here. That is crazy. I didn't realize it was it was even nearly that high. Now, is this something like? I'm no doctor, but I mean, or biologist, but is it something where they could possibly do like a polio vaccine and you know inoculate them, uh, so to speak, uh, with with uh, air injections or whatever you want to call or darts uh, to help? if they figure out what this is made of to stop it that way, or is that uh, a pipe dream? I think it's a pipe dream for right now. I mean, there's some research. I was out in Fort Collins, Colorado. There's a big, uh, basically, prion research center out there. At, uh, I think it's Colorado State, and I interviewed some people. And, you know, I kind of went in there, and I asked multiple researchers, come on, is there any light at the end of the tunnel on any of this research? And I got a lot of long faces, guys, a lot of people shaking their heads at me saying, we don't know what to do with this. Um, and, and the difference between, you know, like mad cow, you can kill the cows that get it. You can really uh, uh, cleanse, sterilize the building, and you can wipe it out, I think, in those situations. You can't do that with wild deer, right, guys, because they're, they're free-ranging. So it's, it's a much different situation than with scraping sheep or, or mad cow in, in cattle because it's, it's out in the environment. Sure. A lot more difficult to track and test and keep an eye on it. Sounds like uh, it's something I definitely would like to do a little more research on, but uh, the more and more I read about it and the more and more I talk about it, the more interested I get in it. But uh, unfortunately, it's it's another one of those things us outdoorsmen have to deal with. Yeah, and it's in my backyard now, It really and that really stinks because you know my full family, we're debating, you know, what, what are we going to do when we shoot a deer now? It, we definitely have to get it tested. Mm-hmm. We definitely probably will be processing it on our own. If we get a clean deer, we want to make sure it's not getting mixed with something else. So uh, it's been a it's been a come to Jesus moment for my family and deer hunting. Sounds great. Well, Rob, we appreciate it as always. We'll let you get back. We hear your your Miss uh, Betty Crocker over the stove yeah. just slaving away there. So we'll let you get back at it. Hey, can I make one last point? The DNR roundtable is on January 11th, coming up fast. I suspect we will have a DNR commissioner by that date. Perfect. We'll keep an eye on it. Thanks, Rob. All right. Nice talking to you guys. You too. See ya. That is uh, Rob Dreesline, Managing Editor of the Outdoor News. You can find his uh, link on their page, outdoornews.com. Pretty interesting stuff, and that's why we bring him on here, Kudak, because that guy, uh, he knows his stuff when it comes to all this. Well, you bet. Rob doesn't know all this stuff. He's the editor for the Outdoor Newspaper, and he, he's, you know, he's got his hand on the pulse of everything. And, I, and I'm hoping that they, they keep Tom Landwehr for the DNR because uh, I, I'm kind of thinking they probably won't because it's uh, a new entourage coming in, and I'm kind of afraid who they might get in there, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, have you heard any rumors as far as 
you know, from your buddies or or people in your area, the bait shops or the hunting stores, anything like that, who possibly, because I haven't heard a darn thing. I mean, I, I heard he appointed a couple commissioners. I don't even know what departments they were here over the past couple of weeks, but I haven't really heard a lot about uh, the DNR appointments at all. No, no, it's been, it's been pretty quiet and, and I, I'm sure in the next few weeks that, uh, we will probably hear something and it'll be pretty interesting who, who they, who they get to go in there because, yeah, you know where I stand with this new governor and his, his, uh, <laughs> second in command and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, your best, uh, best friends, you're probably heading out for New Year's party together. That's, that's what I heard. So, no? What's that? I said, weren't you inviting them over for your New Year's party? Uh, no. <laughs> I didn't think so. Uh, we will get into more here uh, coming back. A uh, little bit of news. Elk coming to northeast Minnesota. That might be possible. We'll discuss that here a little bit. And uh, we'll maybe chat a little bit about uh, social media and how that affects uh, outdoorsmen as well. We'll get to that. One final segment of Outdoor Adventures on the way here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 1035, and the free iHeartRadio app. She said, you've got me figured out, but I'm not what I seem. And for a dance, I'll tell you about these tight-fitting jeans. Yeah, you will. She said, I married money. One final segment on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and anywhere in the world. We uh, named some countries that are listening right now. Nepal, Kenya, Japan, the U.K., Australia, Romania. We're all into Outdoor Adventures, so make sure you get that Outdoor Adventures and uh, look at that on the free I heart radio app and Kuduk, uh We were talking about uh, possible commissioner changes coming. I tell you what, uh, if I'd like to see Landwehr in there again too, but if he does not uh, stay in his post, maybe finally that he's not working anymore uh, for the governor. Maybe we can get him into the studio here and get him to tell that world famous joke that uh, we all know about. Yeah, yeah, that would uh, you know. <laughs> Tom's a good gentleman. I mean, we've had plenty of good, good uh, shows with Tom and interviews, and a uh, very nice gentleman. I, I think he's doing a, a good job, and uh, I'm just kind of afraid uh, to see who they replace him with. But uh, you know what? You can only only do so much, I guess. Yeah, and like Rob said, you know, the DNR can get the governor in a lot of trouble, and Landwehr really hasn't done that over the past uh, few years. So maybe. Uh, Give him a few extra uh, bonus points to uh, stay in that position. But uh, like Rob said, and I'm glad he mentioned this, but it sounds like January 11th, right around there, is when it uh, should be announced or could be announced. So uh, we'll keep you up to date if we get anything on that. We'll definitely uh, we'll post it on our Facebook page. So make sure you check out that, too, because, man, we've had a lot of fun stuff on that Facebook here. I know uh, you're not the uh, biggest fan of it, Kuduk, but, you know, you've been making your uh, – uh, world premiere in in TV and acting here as of late. We got a couple of videos of you demonstrating some products. Uh, we have myself uh, giving some uh, bottle bass champion tips on our Facebook via video feed. So 
we're 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 not only doing the radio thing here, but we're uh, turning our ugly mugs into movie stars as we speak because those things are getting a lot of hits. Well, we're going to do some uh, down the road here. We're going to do some JT Rod tips, some Bexlar tips, some K Drill tips. We got uh, a bunch of stuff that uh, the listeners and our, our people on the Facebook will be very interested with. Should be a lot of fun. Now, I'm a little bit uh, shy behind the camera. I know I got you on one, and I really wish I could post this one, but you said you didn't really want me to post it, so I, I will not post it. But uh, had a little fun with Dickie and yourself up there at Mille Lacs, and I got to admit, that's the first time I've ever seen you shy in front of a camera or in front of a crowd. I mean, you're usually up there. You're just gung-ho. You're you're bellering. You're laughing. You're you're telling jokes. But, man, oh, man, I, I actually got you to shut up once. Well, that was uh, one that you kind of pulled out of your your backside there, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that would be a good one for the Facebook. So uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be leaked by TMZ someday, but uh, we invite you to go check out our Facebook page. We have uh, some good fun stuff up there, videos. We have fishing reports, uh, ice reports up there. Uh, once again, we want to reiterate, uh, be safe out there on the ice. I mean, it's... Uh, well, I, I, and what I can't believe is I was looking, I was reading the report in Lake of the Woods, and it doesn't even sound like they have a whole lot of ice up there, which is just unbelievable at this time of the year. Well, they, they, they had a couple of fatalities up there, up by Ely. A, a, a guy and his wife or girlfriend went through on a snowmobile. I mean, they just pulled a couple more vehicles out of Mille Lacs here the other day. Uh, I heard they, or, uh, uh, had some vehicles go in there. You know, we got all this snow. I mean, there's that's insulation on that ice. You know, you know, pay your access fee. Go talk to resort guy before you go out there. I that you know, we got no. I mean, uh, yeah, we got ice, but it's it's uh, it's treacherous out there. I mean, you got some spots where you had snow on the ice, and you know, there's a couple inches underneath it. There's not you know, 15 inches. You you know. Pay that 10 bucks and find out from the resort guys or the bait store. Talk to somebody before you go out and put your life in danger. The fish ain't worth it. That is definitely the truth. A couple other things before we wrap up here. It's getting to that time of the year where we'll be getting into the to the vintage snowmobile runs. I know there's plenty of coming up in your area. There's the big one on uh, Waconia here. Went to that last year. That was a whole lot of fun. And I mean, to see those old sleds, that's uh, really something. I mean, to see how far they've come in so little a time. I mean, you know, they were pretty slow machines for about 20, 30 years, and now they're just, they're like crotch rockets on skis, you know? Oh, yeah. And there, you know, well, actually, we got a few coming up around here. They got a bunch of bunch of deals, and they got the poker runs coming and, and this and that. So, you know, just go on to, you know, whatever, wherever you're at, there's snowmobile clubs for, for whether the ATV's got a bunch of stuff coming up for their runs. And I mean, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on this winter. And the uh, annual snowcross races, those are coming to Canterbury Park next weekend. So you can check that out. I believe they're a Saturday and Sunday at Canterbury Park. I haven't been there for a couple of years, but thinking I may make a trip down to that. And, uh, also just a one quick note, uh, coming up on, about a week from today, January 6th, be an ice fishing clinic at uh, the Nature Center at Carver Park Reserve there, so just outside of uh, Victoria there on Lake Auburn. And you can uh, get more information on the DNR website for that. I think it's like 5 bucks. They make your own jiggle stick, and then you go out and uh, try to catch a few fish there on Lake Auburn for you newbies. So be a fun thing as well. That's going to do it, Kudak. 
Another week done, and we'll talk to everybody next week, and we'll give them some good fishing reports, hopefully. Any New Year's predictions? Uh, No. All right, sounds good. We'll leave it at that. That's Legendary Guide and Freshwater Fishing Hall of Famer. Man, a few words today. I'm Stan Poggle, Average Everyday Outdoorsman and two-time reigning bottle bass champion. Don't forget to check out our Facebook. Lots of fun pictures, videos, information, news, all that. Search Outdoor Adventures on Facebook. And also give us a follow and a like there. And give us a follow and a like on the iHeartRadio app as well. And you'll never miss an episode of Outdoor Adventures. Enjoy your time in the outdoors. Be safe. Happy New Year. We'll chat to you next week here on Twin Cities News Talk.